All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. Our final post-race show for Formula One for the 2022 season. And we just watched Mr. Verstappen continue his dominance and win this Abu Dhabi Grand Prix with Charles Leclerc securing second in the race and the Drivers' Championship. This John Massengale sitting in the studio in Austin, Texas, with my friends Jonathan Green, Les Kaiser, and Bob Varsha over Zoom. And Chris Medlin will be joining us from Abu Dhabi here momentarily. Uh, Jonathan, you called it, buddy. It was not a barn burner. No, it was not a barn burning. Funnily enough, just as you opened the show there, it made me think, and I'm sure Bob will agree, uh, of some of the Schumacher years uh, where he dominated with Ferrari for <laughs> so, for so okay. many years. And, and we used to keep having to catch ourselves by saying, yes, but we're watching history. Um, in other words, he just slammed the door on everybody in every weekend. And even when he lost four gears in Spain, he still managed to do it in fifth gear. I mean, it was almost annoying at times. Um, but but that's how good he was. And I think we're seeing that with Verstappen and, you know, Mary, Mary, Mary on his way. 15 wins, a record. Um, he is relentless. He proved it last week by showing no mercy. Uh, he quietly asked how Checo got on and pretended to feign to feign you know, to feel for him, losing by two, 1.3 seconds or something. But um, no, we are seeing a new era. Um, and I think that's what I take away from today is that, um, you know, uh, Red Bull are back. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And we'd love to get your take on this. Uh, let me give out the phone number. It's 512-643-5483. 512-643-LIVE. And we'd love to get your take on the race, the season, and anything else because it uh it has been an interesting year we had lots of interesting things happen and i know it's been dominant from red bull but what were you going to say bob i was going to say you probably want to explain to those people watching in on youtube or whatever why our colleague mr green is dressed as Nanook of the North. <laughs> because this wily Englishman that grew up in the wilds of the Northern Hemisphere near Iceland can't hack it anymore now he lives in Texas. <laughs> yeah, it's cold well, here I in think... Austin, and our studio, they've replaced all the gear with this highly efficient gear, and it doesn't put off any heat anymore, no. so the room is freezing. And we're talking about the broadcast gear, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We were holding hands through much of the race. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, those two are over there spooning. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. Well, you know, I'd... <laughs> go ahead, Bob. Well, I was just going to say, uh, following up to Jonathan's point, um, I hate to walk away from a racing season, and I've been through forty of them now, <laughs> thinking the right guy did not win the championship. I didn't feel that way. I, I felt that way last year. I felt like yeah. Yeah. The right guy didn't win the championship. This year, I think it's clear that the right guy won the world championship with the uh, the incredible performance put on, not only by Max Verstappen, but Sergio Perez and the entire operation there. You know, Adrian Newey and the technical team came up with solutions to the many problems all of the teams had early on. On some of those long shots today, looking down the straightaways in Abu Dhabi, I thought, where's all the porpoising? Where did that go? Yeah, yep. You know that um, to you know, be it's uh go ahead to be honest the porpoising to me was uh you know I won't say it's a highlight but that was something that really made the season interesting to me because yeah, suddenly there was a yeah. surprise challenge on the track yeah. and everybody had to figure this out uh, and yet the answer was so simple <laughs> yeah. the, the real answer was yeah. so simple <laughs> to change the right height yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. I thought that was really amazing with all the things yeah. that they do preseason all right, we got Chris Medlin out in Abu Dhabi. Mr. Medlin, how are you? How's your connection? What's happening out there? Uh, hopefully the connection is good enough that you can hear me right now. Uh, I'm just uh, hovering around the TV panel. The drivers are doing their post-race interviews. Sebastian Vettel getting a lot of fist bumps. Did you notice how Vettel nearly raced every single driver on the grid today? <laughs> yes. The way his strategy played out. He, he that kind was of, nice. He kind of went kind of in the midfield for a while then obviously went forward while he was waiting running long then he went backwards and had to climb through and i was keeping tabs on it i think there's about five drivers that he didn't actually have kind of some racing with on the grid on his final race which was uh, a very good effort so uh yeah that was uh, lovely to see yeah. he obviously had to crowd after as well one thing i have noticed though 
uh, was just as the podium was wrapping up there were the boos for Max Verstappen from some fans here. Um, there's yeah. quite a bit of jeering when it came to Verstappen. There's the Checo's name being chanted right now under the podium. So a lot of uh, a lot of Checo fans are probably not too happy with how the last few weeks have played out. It, it has struck me, Chris, just how many Checo fans are there in Abu Dhabi of all places uh, and just how popular he is. I mean, we know how popular Max is, but Perez is probably right up there with him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, Mexican fans seem to travel well. And um, yeah, Perez has obviously been around for quite a long time and, and had some great results uh, in underdog cars as well before now. So uh, he does have a, a worldwide fan base, but it did surprise me uh, to hear that reaction. I guess, you know, maybe for people that were here last year, it might be a bit of a hangover from that as well. But uh, yeah, slightly, slightly surprised to uh, hear it so clearly. But uh, I think hopefully a, a long winter will, uh, will calm down some of the uh, kind of, uh, factions between teams and teammates and fans and uh, and we'll go again in 23. Yeah, good point. Any highlight for you, buddy? Oh, doing this all the time. Uh, <laughs> around sticking microphones into people's faces. I love doing that. Um, it's, uh, it is fun. It does, it's very hit and miss. I will admit, it. I, I'm just keeping an eye out on who we might be able to get to speak to. I'd love to try and eventually get Daniel Ricciardo today before we uh, yeah. are off air. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's been a, a few drivers have been and gone already who were not in the best moods after the races they had the two half drivers specifically have uh, have departed very quickly why is that uh, do you think I, I just think it was a bad day wasn't it for Haas yeah I mean uh, they, they, they maintained the, the gap one. they've stayed eight though mm-hmm. more importantly just yeah but I think that was less on them wasn't it that was yeah, less on their true. performance yeah. more now for if one, one more yeah. car I think retired que- two, two cars retired question that uh, I never then, really uh, Sonoda would get two points a question that I didn't really understand is why was Gasly having such a poor day given the season he's had? I, I think he's had a bit of an up and down season, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one mm-hmm. of the things that that kind of surprised me. But um, yeah, he's kind of been been up and down all season, which uh, I just think it was a, a down day. He you know, he struggled in qualifying, so he was already starting far back. He needed to try something different. Uh, started on a soft tire, tried to yeah. make a, a one-stop yeah, yeah. work going soft hard, which is... <laughs> Oh, that was as marginal as it was going to get. So uh, I just don't think the strategy was quite right either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you had those things together and it was maybe it's a gamble worth taking, but a gamble that didn't pay off. Well, I really question that because he, for the start, he was the only driver on soft tires. The other outs were uh, Botas and Magnussen on hards. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, I, I kind of got the a little bit more of the uh, strategy idea of the hard and probably going to medium. But uh, soft just seemed to be beyond reason for me yeah i mean they made it work didn't they in the sense that it got to the end on that one stop but yeah they did it, yeah don't think it was particularly quick so uh that that might be another reason why he just wasn't really in the fight whereas uh yuki sonoda had another pretty solid weekend and if we're honest yeah that alvatari just hasn't been all that competitive this year so uh mm-hmm. it uh, kind of luckily for us as this season's uh, yeah. wrapped up that it, it helped them hold on and again it's it's so strict that alvatari was as uncompetitive as they were comparing last season to this. And they share the same drivetrain, essentially, with Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah. How does yeah, that it, happen? Well, and, and that was one thing that uh, a couple of years ago, uh, there's another pair of teams, I can't remember who it was, but it was like, I wonder how much support they get that comes along with that drivetrain. Yeah. You get the bass yeah. tune, and then uh, you dial it in from there, and they just don't have the people fine-tuning, you know, uh, that was, uh, I think, what we want to draw a conclusion of. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- not a lot to watch today, but it was interesting to see the tire dig and how everything played out. And I, I wasn't, I didn't really have any confidence that at there at the end that um, that Perez is going to overtake Leclerc. But that was interesting to watch. And and you know what, I find myself as much as I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Perez, like everybody. I was somehow I was kind of rooting for Leclerc to take the second place in the championship. I, I, yeah, I think after what has been a bit of a debacle, honestly, uh, given that yeah, um, he was so far ahead yeah. um, at the beginning of the season. And we finally, I mean, we all thought it, didn't we? Thought, okay, Ferrari have got a team here and these two drivers can really take it now to Mercedes. That's what we thought at the beginning of the season. And we knew it was Red Bull going to be there as well, obviously. If um, only they had a pit crew there. <laughs> yeah, well, Ferrari world's there. So, but no, I mean, uh, you've got a feel for Leclerc because his season died halfway through it, and it was like almost trouble. Yeah. It was hard to motivate him, and you could hear him on the radio talking to the team, questioning the team, guessing the team, right. 
all through yeah, the season, yeah. up until literally, uh, you know, the last Grand Prix. So, I, you know, I, at one point I thought he's not going to, he's not, you know, he's too good a driver to take this rubbish, you know. Um, yeah, and where are you going to go? Yeah, but where are you going to go exactly? Well, and yeah, you are at Ferrari, and you know, to me, the thing that kept going on is, you know, Claire didn't Leclerc didn't have a fantastic season from the driver's seat. But I felt like he was victim of his own team with strategy calls yeah. that we saw yeah. so many times. Yeah. And it was like he deserves better than what the uh, points are going to show that, him. At the, the team end of the did let him well, down. But let's keep in mind it wasn't that many years ago that Ferrari was stooging around in the midfield, as my yeah. colleague David Hobbs would say. <laughs> they were sixth in the championship, True. what, four years ago or so? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. second place, I, I, despite all the problems, and they are many, um, it wasn't a bad year for Ferrari in terms of results in the world championship. Yeah, second is first loser, but it's an improvement over what Ferrari was in the recent past. And let, let's face it, um, you know, the reason Sebastian Vettel quit from Ferrari, uh, it was mutual, I think, in the end, but he'd lost the will um, because yeah. it was the same for him. I mean, he wasn't getting anywhere. Yeah, he was disgruntled. Yeah, uh, not. It's the... funny, you know. They, you've heard of the James Dean syndrome, I suppose, where a a a figure passes away or whatever, and suddenly everybody remembers him fondly, whether <laughs> yes. deserved or not. Um, Dale Earnhardt, uh, and yeah. I don't mean to be dark about this, but Dale Earnhardt was a ruthless son of a bitch. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah. People were mad at him all the time, and suddenly. He's killed tragically in an accident, and everybody now reveres Dale Earnhardt. You know, Senna early yeah, on. That was about was, to say. Uh, was ruthless. Schumacher, same way. Now Sebastian Vettel, who's getting all of this love from all points of the compass. Um, you know, he was a very tough, ruthless, relentless character uh, early on. And now, you know, he's the... I, I think we'll see that with Saint Verstappen. Sebastian. I think we'll see that. Um, we're, we're seeing it with um, with I, Verstappen. Uh, I'm we, sure we will. We have a, a caller on the line. Unless, Chris, I heard your mic go hot. Did you have somebody there? or That's me just trying to line up some people for a bit later, but not right. right now. So let's see who's who's got to say what on the phone. So. Yeah, we got, we got Harry. He's on I-40 West in Tennessee. What's up, Harry? <laughs> Harry, are you there? Hello. Cheers, mate. Cheers. <laughs> That's our Just motto. a quick shout-out uh, to my friends there. Uh, congrats to the winners. Uh, wonderful season. And I want to say I immensely enjoyed your broadcast as, unfortunately, I work on Sunday driving and I can't always watch the broadcast, TV broadcast live, but uh, you guys make it for me. Thank you so much. What were you going to say, Jonathan? Oh, I was going to say thank you, sir. Yeah, appreciate it. Who, who's your man? Who, who do you follow? I'm a Max fan. All right. There you go. Well, then you're a happy man. Not a bad year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not a, not a bad <laughs> yeah, year. really. <laughs> Uh, well, Harry, hey, Harry, thank you very much for those kind words. Thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, we really appreciate it. Fantastic. I was going to ask Harry. He said he's on I-40. There's that new racetrack out there. That Yeah, oh, that, go go okay. down there. There's your homework. Pipelines. Yeah. Tennessee. Yep, yep. Down in. Uh, I was going to ask him if I-40 was open again because they lost a big chunk of that about a year ago, and I thought it was going to take them a while to uh. fix. <laughs> I also had a question for Harry. If you're listening to race coverage on the radio and you're on the highway, do you tend to drive a little bit <laughs> than I have otherwise? There you go. I don't, I don't think that it'll be an excuse when the Stady pulls you over, but uh, there it is. I don't think those 18 wheelers have the flappy paddles and the cool steering Harry? wheel. Okay, Harry's, Harry dropped off. But, oh, thanks, but Harry. Good stuff, Travel Harry. safe. Yeah. <laughs> I have noticed that when you're going to Coda, not for F1, because there's too many people, but if you're going out to another race, people definitely drive faster on the way out to Coda. And, as and, soon as you get off the highway yeah. on that, yeah, uh, on that uh, road, which is the one uh, before eight one three or whatever, eight twelve before eight twelve, yeah, yeah one eighty three out yeah. there is what it is. That's yeah. what I uh, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, funny. that's funny. Well, and leaving the track at the end of a track day, you have all the ones that you know probably didn't get to get on the track and <laughs> on the track.
Well, yeah, we thanks, Harry, for calling. And uh, if anybody else wants to call, please do, 512-643-5483. But I, I think we're going to probably just inevitably do a little reminiscing about this season. And, uh, and, and I'll start it with one. Chris said it, and he's probably still there. But uh, that's been one of my favorite things of this season is having Chris on board at Absolutely. every race. Oh, I mean, gotcha. it's just – been an amazing addition to our team. Yep. So. Hey, hey. Yeah, buddy. Uh, you're all too kind. It's only chatting to you, you guys that make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and our Wednesday shoot show too, Chris. That's been a fun addition for this year. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's something if, if people don't usually listen to it, Wheel to Wheel is yep. on a Wednesday evenings. And we try and basically, when I fail at getting people live right now, uh, and <laughs> these guys back in the studio have to chat more and fill the time, then I try and at least get one or two voices for the Wednesday show. So instead of being live, you only have <laughs> Have we lost him? It sounded like you dropped. Fine. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to do, uh, John and I. Chris, can I ask you a serious question that I, I just want to know about? Um, I'm looking at the constructors here and Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, all over 500 points. Williams have eight. What has got to happen at Grove? for them to get out of this doldrum. It's been a while now, and things have changed a lot. The Williamses have gone. But clearly, from those points, it tells you there's still a big mountain to climb. Yeah, but don't forget, obviously, if, if certain teams do a really small job, I hope I'm staying with you guys, by the way, because uh, yeah, yeah. I yep. just caught up with everything you asked. But um, if, if certain teams do a very strong job, certainly the top three, if they hoover up most of the top five, six positions each yeah. weekend, mm -hmm. there's only very few points on offer. Good point. So if you think back to last year, I off the top of my head, I think eight teams ended up on the podium last year uh, out of the 10. It, it was a bit chaotic. And that's why we got a kind of a, a wider spread of points at different times. Obviously, Haas had a, an absolute shocker in that sense. Uh, but yeah, Williams picked up points on a regular basis. And I'd actually say they were kind of more regularly competitive this year. Uh, yeah. Like the gaps were smaller, but they were at the back of the midfield rather than in it. It, it I, I feel like actually the field did close up in certain ways, but uh, we had good reliability from the big teams and those top three remained the top three. Uh, you didn't have Ferrari struggling massively. So it kind of just cut off some of the scoring options. Yeah, good point. Uh, good that point. They, the gap's smaller, and it does feel like they've been a little more competitive. And, of course, we've got Logan Sargent going to be there next year, Jonathan. Well, that's that, why I asked the yeah, question, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. You know, it's like, what have they got to do? Is it the Mercedes power plant? Is it, you know, what is it? Because it's not the Mercedes power plant because McLaren are fifth. Um, you know, uh, Aston Martin are up there. You know, um, and I just, I just don't know what the answer is, and I hope that uh, we'll get to see them, especially with Sargent, moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Bob, what about you? What about maybe highlights from the season? Oh, boy. Um, well, I think the Brazil race, since it's fresh in our minds, was spectacular. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's those really off weekends that stay in your mind, like the rain at Suzuka. Yeah. Um, I thought Monaco was an interesting race. Um just the sheer dominance of Red Bull uh, will be the overall impression. Uh, and, you know, and keep in mind, they weren't the fastest early on. They went kind of way down in the points. I mean, Max Verstappen was like 40 points behind in the driver's championship, mm. and he wins by you know, 100 and some odd points. I mean, that's a pretty spectacular performance by any stretch. You know, we probably ought to just run down the yeah. uh, the championship standings. I know we're seeing yeah. questions on the YouTube channel about, you know, which team finished where. So why don't we do that? There yeah. you go. I've got it in front of me in terms of the drivers, if you want me to yeah. do that. do you want, Have you got it, Bob, or shall I do it? You go ahead and do that. I'll do constructors when you do it. All right. So Max Verstappen, 454, uh, 308, Charles Leclerc to 305. In the end, Sergio Perez in, uh, Sergio Perez in uh, third place. So just three points between them. Uh, George Russell did beat his teammate and finished fourth uh, ahead of Carlos Sainz in fifth. Lewis Hamilton, a lowly sixth place for the mighty man. Uh, six points off Carlos Sainz. Uh, Lando Norris taking seventh place uh, with 122. Esteban Ocon eighth. Fernando Alonso rounds out his Alpine career with 81 points. Uh, interestingly enough, though, Ocon ahead of Alonso. That'll be good news for him. Valtteri Bottas. 
Das in 10th place with 49 points. Vettel uh, hangs up his career with 11 place for Aston Martin. Daniel Ricciardo, not uh, an Annus Horribilis, as the Queen once said, for Daniel mm. Ricciardo. But I'm glad to say he's holding on, at least with Red Bull to a reserve seat. Magnussen, 13th with 25 points. Two ahead of Pierre Gasly, who we were just talking about. Lance Stroll, the other Aston Martin, with 18 points. Then Schumacher, 16th. Sonoda, 17th. Uh, equal points, actually, between Schumacher and Sonoda, who are exactly at the same point in their careers. So interesting to note. Uh, Joe getting 18th position with six points, and Alexander Alban in 19th. Latifi following him. Nick DeFries obviously picking up two points. And then the Hulk, uh, no points for him, but he did take part in the championship. Finishes 22nd. All right. Well, tell you what, let's uh, let's get a break in, and when we come back, Bob will talk about the constructors. We got okay. some good we got some good comments coming in on YouTube. I want to get to those, and we'll do all that after this break. What's going on out there, Chris? Man, it's busy. I've had quite a few nods for, yep, we can speak to different people at different times, but um, there's uh, quite a few cues to speak to people. I think what's quite good is that fewer... Oh, lost you. Uh, ...are rushing off immediately tonight. This is also the problem. Is I'm, so many people are in this paddock now, so many guests and stuff, the, the uh. phone network's starting to struggle. So um, I keep trying to find quiet spots that I definitely stay connected. But, How long is that plane flight uh, back to England? I can't always do that when I want to speak to people. So if I do disappear, it might be because I uh, lost you guys or wasn't confident. Yeah, it's dropping out. Uh, it's about seven hours. Just like nothing, seeing as it was nearly 15 to get here from Brazil. <laughs> yeah. So what do, uh, I mean, the folks that hang out, are they, uh, is there anything really to see beyond the immediate city or are they, what do they do? There, mm. besides that, um, and I'm gonna have to leave you. I'm gonna have to record. I've got Christian, but we're not on, so all righty, I'll be back. Okay, so Jonathan, you've been over there. What's what's in that area? Uh, Abu Dhabi, as in what? No, I mean, you after mean the race the is over, then oh, what do you know, do? I have not been to the Abu Dhabi oh, Grand you, Prix. Okay. No, I've done Doha, uh, several times, okay, and mostly on bikes, but um. Yeah, honestly, it's not my cup of tea, uh, that part of the world. Um, it is very strange because you are, you are as foreigners there, you are very much in a, in a different culture. It's as simple as that, you know, where we would go out yeah. to a bar uh, and so on and so forth. Um, the, the, you know, there, that is possible in your hotel, but not, not socially. Uh. Not so much Abu Dhabi, to be fair. Okay. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. You're listening to Speed City of Sirius XM. All right, Bob, you want to hit the Constructors' Championship and give us an update? Yes, indeed. Be happy to. Um, and keep in mind, in recent years, there have been teams and drivers who scored no points over the course of a season. But uh, this year, everybody got points. Uh, in the constructors, Red Bull Racing finishes first with 759 points. Ferrari held on to second with 554. Mercedes third with 515. Not helped one little bit by the fact that Lewis Hamilton had to drop out of today's race toward the end. The first mechanical failure mm. Mercedes this year, which is pretty phenomenal given the, yeah. the, the nature of these cars in their first year. Finishing fourth among teams, Alpine with 173 points, McLaren fifth with 159, sixth, Alfa Romeo with 55 points, seventh, Aston Martin also with 55. Alpha gets the nod with better results. Uh, Haas finished eighth, good for them, on 37 points. Alpha Tauri ninth with 35, that was a squeaker, and 10th, Williams with eight points. And keep in mind, Big, big benefits for teams finishing higher and higher in the standings uh, in terms of money, not in terms of CFD and wind tunnel time, but, you know. It's at least 10, 10 million a slot, isn't it? Yeah, well, they said they repeated that 12 million number with regard to 
uh, Larin and Epstein during the TV broadcast, and yeah. I'll I'll buy that. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was like ten between Haas and Alphatari, so maybe it goes up a little yeah. bit. I think it does go up. Well, quite you know, a it's, bit, actually. It's kind of easy to. Your, your entry fee for next year also goes up the higher you finish hmm. in the championship with points. I mean, roughly. I'm guessing Red Bull's probably going to have to spend about $5 million next year just to win the championship or just to enter the championship because they scored so many points this year. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, we talked about it yesterday, Bob, about tanking and CFD time. I don't, I don't think that it's, it's probably not happening because I, do, I, don't, I don't think there's enough to sacrifice 10 million points, 10 million bucks. Uh, well, to, yeah. And what I'm talking about is, of course, the uh, the higher you finish, the less CFD time you get. So it's kind of like the NFL Wind draft. CFD. You know, the, the right. yeah, CFD, uh, arrow time. Yeah. And so yeah. it's kind of like the NFL draft. The, the the lower you finish, the higher your draft pick is. F1 TV discussed this uh, with Jolian Palmer and Will Buxton uh, over the weekend, and, and I picked up on it, and I think I mentioned it in the meeting the other day. Um, you know, they were talking about whether Ferrari cared whether they, you know, were runners-up or not, you know, versus Mercedes. And the, being the point that Ferrari have more money than sense, they can throw more money at it, and they're already at the cost cap. So really, what they really want is more CFD time. Um, and that oh. tr that's true of Mercedes and of Red Bull, I'm sure. So, you know, uh, you know I, I, I don't see sandbag or throwing it or doing anything of that ilk because it's just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. but they don't need yeah. the money is what I'm saying with those top three teams. Yeah, particularly Ferrari with yeah. all the... All the money they end up getting. Uh, hey, I'd, I'd said we'd talk to some uh, questions on <laughs> on YouTube and stuff. And Paul Bryan has a funny one, Jonathan, for you. He said, nice to see Green going full Seville Row with the Fetterman collection. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I did actually pick it out. Oh, since he won, they, they, they did a run on his merchandise. So, yeah. Um, I've, I've, I bought the full Fetterman gear for the, for the weekend. Frank says, enjoy it all. If you can find a hoodie at Savile Row, I dare you to try. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I noticed that Paul Bryan knew that I do shop on Savile Row for my hoodies. <laughs> right. uh, Big fashion area of London. Yeah. <laughs> Frank says, enjoyed all the interviews and all the hard work you guys have put in. Thank you, sir. We appreciate that. Also, Frank said that one that, that we haven't talked enough about, and that is looking for bigger things from Haas next year. Hopefully the sponsorship money will help out because they do have yeah. MoneyGram as a full-blown. And like, like Gunther said when we talked to him in Austin, he said, said now we can approach the, 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 the yeah, spending cap, the cost cap. cap. because Is it money grab or money gram? Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I don't I, know. I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, let's see. Let's just hope third time lucky because Rich Energy got them nothing. Akali was yeah. a, a bit of a fertilizer now, sponsor. This is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a whole new ballgame, guys. I think that Haas is going to do good here. Uh, uh, hey, he's got the whole paddock. Yeah. Joe of Oyster Bay says, Bummer, I didn't know about this show at the start of the season. It's been a good year nonetheless, and I look forward to watching you guys in 23. Thanks for the great coverage. And let's see, Andy P just popped in oh, just oh, now. Oh, oh, we're not going away. Well, we're no, he's not said, only going to talk about one. He said, look forward to watching for you. Oh, well, that's true. Good point, Les. I'm, I have that in my notes, Yeah, is that if you're watching, we, do, we don't stop when listening. F1 stops. If you're watching, listening, whatever, we keep going every Sunday night on local radio here in Austin. So, And we do keep going on YouTube. So, in fact, we've got a guest lined up for next week. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Andy P just pops in and says, just want to say a note of thanks to all at the show for great coverage all year. While 22 was Red Bull dominant, you guys looked at the driver pairings, and 23 is looking spicy. Like where it's going. Thank you, Andy. That's nice words. And, yeah, we I are looking forward Andy to it. Andy P., who's a, who's a perennial McLaren fan, thinks of Piastri because talk about a target on your back. He better perform next year. Yeah. I, that's the story I'm looking forward to is um, – Piastri coming into McLaren and trying desperately to get on level terms with Lando Norris after all the shenanigans have gone by where, you know, Vettel, Alonso have all shifted so that this kid can can come into Formula yeah. One. Yeah, and you know what we haven't mentioned at all lately? And that's the Andretti effort. It's yep. been awfully quiet on that front. Mm. and Too quiet, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't like yeah. that nothing has been going on, but... Yeah, why didn't it feel like, you know, no news is good news? 
<laughs> I, I'm yeah. now whether I hope whether you're right. Yeah, well, I, I wonder now whether they wait for the new engine rules um, to give themselves. You know, they already announced their engine deal with Renault, who still only have one customer. Sorry, are the only customer. Um, I just they wonder are. whether you know. I have some a thought that maybe actually good news. We haven't heard anything from Porsche either. That was about to be brought up. My thoughts are. Uh oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I so, still got think. Forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I still think combining Andretti and Porsche are two huge global dominating names in motorsports. I think if that happens, the arguments and pushback will will you know potentially settle out. They're either going to settle out or they're going to explode because people are terrified of that combination. And I wonder whether Honda uh, and Andretti might still look at that possibility because, um, you know, Red Bull effectively are running that program now, and it's not a Honda program, even though they're they're doing the engines. Um, they've not officially said that that, that that Honda are having you know second thoughts. thoughts. Well, thoughts about going back to being the notice HRC is on the front of the car. Um, you know, I just wonder if um, Honda. Now they've realized just how much they've dominated this year. Should they not be yeah. taking some credit for it and whether that will increase their, their, their coverage on the grid? Well, speaking of Red Bull, uh, Mr. Chris Medlin just sent in his interview with uh, Christian Horner. Let's hear that. Oh, in case you're still getting it, he just let me know that it's Cliffhanger. <laughs> well, Christian Horner, married to one of the Spice Girls, used to be a Formula <laughs> 3000 driver, curly hair, lives in Milton Keynes. <laughs> Yes, well, we'll hear that. With lots of horses. And and a very nice home. Horses, horses. dogs. Dogs and cats living together. Stop it. Stop it. Helicopters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There there was a great uh, documentary on that. And, you know, of course, a helicopter drops down in the pasture and he goes out and jumps in. That's it. I'll tell you one thing I will note about Christian Horner's job is that we've seen something. On the one hand, Verstappen has stepped up as without a doubt one of the greatest drivers uh, coming into his own right 15 races that puts you up there but we've also seen his achilles heel not talking to the press was verstappen's choice mm-hmm. not letting checo pass was verstappen's choice yeah. and you just get the feeling that jos and yeah max kind of run the roost when it comes to uh, the red bull team and christian I, I mean i just i just wonder if that could get out of hand um, if they're not careful. Well, let's see if Chris asked him that. Let's go ahead and hear that interview. Christian, congratulations on a, a record-breaking season. Uh, I want to finish on the highs. So let's start on, dare I call it a low, Checo finishing third today, third in the Drivers' Championship. What's the feelings within the team after that? Well, look, uh, Checo drove like a, a, you know, a lion today as well, and I think the first thing dictated the... Uh, dictated the race because the front grained quite badly with him you saw him drop off the fronts were killed we had to pit and then he was sort of out of sequence with a one-stop so he would have been a bit of a dying fly at the end of it um, so that's why we elected to convert to the two and uh, he came within a lap lap or two of you know managing to to get back on top but uh, look you know congratulations to Charles he's he's driven brilliantly this year both drivers have had their bad luck um, but, uh, you know, it's been a, a, a great fight with him. You know, he's been a cl- very clean racer and, uh, you know, fantastic. Schlumpfi. Just been interrupted here by Norbert Vettel coming to give uh, Christian Horner a cuddle after that. He's, he's cuddling everyone in the paddock today. It's been uh, lovely to see. He's very emotional, Norbert. But uh, you mentioned that how, how close Checo came, but we shouldn't let that overshadow what a season it's been for Red Bull. I mean, record number of wins for Max. I mean, how do you reflect on it? Because times have changed a lot over the last 12 months, haven't they? And you guys have just set the standard. I mean, look, 17 wins, two sprint races, five one-twos, first and third in the drivers, Constructors World Champion, 700 and... 50 odd points um it's been an amazing year we've we've broken all our own records um and that is testimony to all the work that goes on behind the scenes you know the work that goes on in the factory in milton Keynes, the time and the the commitment that every staff member um you know has given this year they can be very proud of you know what they've achieved and you mentioned Charles and the fight he's put up but did you expect to be anywhere near this level of success after the first few races of the season because it looked like it was going to be neck and neck we came in overweight um and you weren't alone at that so was i look you know we were a bit of a tyson fury and uh 
but you know we found we found a rhythm and uh, we managed to get some weight out of the car. We managed to develop the car efficiently. Uh, the drivers did a great job in keeping accident damage to a minimum. Um, and uh, look, you know, we managed to get ourselves back into the fight early on, which didn't give Ferrari the breathing space. And we kept them under pressure. And when they were under pressure, then they had their own issues. And we were then able to really uh, stamp authority on the championship. And just then heading into the winter, what are the targets for you and the team? I mean, there have been off-track controversies or issues that maybe detracted sometimes from the performance. So what do you want to kind of achieve by the time we go racing again in 23? Well, look, in, in, in life, in, in this sport, you're always learning. Every day you're learning and you learn from every lesson that's uh, presented, every race that you do, every, uh, you know, every uh, day that we have here. And I think that uh, there's a lot of lessons we take out of this year. Um, but as a team, I think we've performed you know, incredibly well. And uh, you know, both drivers have had fantastic seasons. You know, both of them have had their individually their best seasons ever in Formula One. Max has quite simply, you know, he's, he's uh, just um, you know, whacked it out of the park as, you know, all year. And it's very funny. Has Daniel signed his contract yet? <laughs> Wait and see. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well done today. <laughs> uh, nicely done, Chris. Man, Chris has clearly made some uh, some favorites, and Horner's definitely yeah, uh, one of them. You got a good relationship, but Chris, that's pretty funny that you're saying you've gained weight. Oh, gained weight over. Are you there, Chris? I am indeed. I think I gained it pre-season. I gained it during the season. So, <laughs> well, so there's, there's hope for both of us. Really, we should be world champions <laughs> yeah. next well, year. I then <laughs> I haven't checked. It, yeah, problem. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, I need the Milton King teams behind me. Yeah, and and good on you asking about yeah. Ricardo. See if he had that. That's he's... Chris. Would you so like to my... pick up on my point, which is, have we seen the one weakness that Verstappen has got, which is to be a bit petulant? Potentially, I think it's a quite a strong word, but I think it's more that he's just so strong-willed and strong-minded that. He's very set in his ways. And and if he says he's not going to do something, he's just not going to do it, whether that's move on track, whether it's move over for a driver, whatever <laughs> it is. Um, and and then and he sees it as very black and white that then if someone asks him to, he's like, well, no, I told you I wasn't going to. There's no discussing it. Now, sometimes you just got to adapt to, to those sorts of characters. Red Bull say, and I did have this, a, another team strategist actually said this to me before Red Bull came out and said it, that uh, they should have discussed the potential for him moving over for Perez uh, before the race in Brazil and had right and you, uh, and the this uh, rival team strategist said yeah you can't just spring that on the driver no. even if it seems to make total sense adrenaline's high late in a race so unlikely to say yes they don't have the picture this needs planning out ahead and everyone will be okay with it because then when you tell them even if they want to go no they're going oh we, they did I did agree to this though and they know that they they kind of don't have a leg to stand on so uh, they did actually blame Red Bull a, a big chunk for that and we're sort of on Max's side um, so I think that's also one of the things that angered Max. But uh, there's other things. Right? I think he could be a bit more open, uh, a little bit more forgiving at, at certain times. Uh, I, I last week being a prime example because he didn't need to do it over sixth place. But uh, today, you know, he couldn't have done much more, could he, for, for no. Checo, really? He tried to provide feedback. At one point, he was going to drop back to try and hold up the clerk, but that was actually going to help him defend against Perez. So uh, he kind of just had to hope Perez got the job done. And, and it's not Verstappen's fault that he didn't quite do it. True. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, coming up after this break, uh, we'll we'll continue to take your thoughts and calls if you want. 512-643-5483. And we'll get more from Chris in Abu Dhabi. Listen to Speed City back after this break. I might drop off just because of potential interviews again. Um, okay. Ricardo's looking unlikely now. He's apparently um, just desperate to get back to his family and not in a great mood, but I will try him if I can. Ah, ah we're still live on YouTube. Um, okay. There you go, YouTube listeners. That's the plan. Yeah, and I, that, I, I saw his whole family are there with him, so he'll, he will probably want to bolt. I, I don't expect he wants to sit there and answer why it wasn't a great year and all the rest of it. I don't know, Chris, you're pretty tall. Try for Usain Bolt. <laughs> tall is Usain Bolt. Any, any other celebs? We saw Usain and we saw the cricket team. Sha Shaquille O'Neal was there. Was he? Yeah. Yep. Usher. Oh, really? I like Usher. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, he was sir. in the McLaren garage. Andy P. replied to you, John. So, Chris. Andy P. said, a fascinating driver pairing at McLaren next season. Can Oscar live up to the hype? How does Lando deal with being a clear number one? Bottom line is the car is good. The talent will shine. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Bob? I was going to ask Chris what a world-class journalist does during the offseason. <laughs> if there is one. He does not. Oh, he one. dropped off. Yeah. He probably lost connection, honestly, the way it's going over there right now. Man, we sure thank everybody for tuning in this season. We've grown our YouTube channel. We had, we didn't have one before this year, really. We had a few things out there, but we've grown our YouTube channel. Two questions. Yeah. Paul Bryan should be on the show. But he does have <laughs> Who a, says that? Me, Paul Bryan? Me, oh, okay. <laughs> but Hasegawa, forced to resign disgrace just a few years ago, vindicated again. For his design, it was right. Yeah. Quite right. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. You're listening to Speed City F1 on Sirius XM. All right, welcome back. I'll jump in with some other of my favorite memories. What was that, producer? Uh, yes, uh, we should probably do a quick word from our sponsor, <laughs> Pay Some Bills. CrowdStrike presents Driven in 60. Our digital world is more than just interconnected. It's interdependent. And because of that, security is a top concern to the organization. The Mercedes-AMG Patronus Formula One team knows they're a potential target for a host of digital attacks, which is why they leverage the CrowdStrike Falcon platform to deploy end-to-end security solutions. CrowdStrike revolutionized cybersecurity by harnessing the speed and power of the cloud to identify and stop the most sophisticated cyber attacks. Our cloud-native Falcon platform protects and defends organizations against increasingly complex threats, so you can have the peace of mind to focus on your business momentum, not what's trying to stop it. That's protection that powers you to learn more and to try CrowdStrike Falcon free today. Visit CrowdStrike.com XM. Hey, we just heard Jenny Gow. Got to say congrats. Jenny Gow and her crew won the top broadcast sports awards award for podcast of the year last year for the UK. Congrats. That's pretty cool. Where did, did you see us on the list? Brilliant. They don't think they consider us in the UK. Oh, it's just UK. Okay. Well, hey, we can be heard in the UK. What do you mean? Why not? Our podcast, that's, by the way, if you are, if you don't even know that, we every show that we do goes to a podcast. You can check all those out on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, I was going to jump in with some more of my favorite moments of 2022. And the whole gang going to Miami and doing a live broadcast at Miami was awesome, even if the booth was seven square feet, seven <laughs> by seven, where I could literally touch the walls in every direction. Yeah. But it was it fun. Was, uh, it was four and a half commentators big. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Miami was great. The audience was awesome there. Yeah. You know, and I, I know they're going to be, you know, top of the year. Uh, gosh, for me, I'm going to combine two of mine. Magnuson coming back to Haas. Yeah. Yeah. And good getting story. his first pole. Yeah. yeah. Great moment. Yeah. That's really good, Les. I completely agree with that. Yeah, Jonathan. I yeah. was anticipating uh, with that one off drive of Russell last year just what it would mean to get him in that Mercedes full-time. And I just felt that it was all right in, in terms of if anybody was going to challenge Hamilton, if anybody was up to the task, it was Russell. Um, and he's just overachieved for me in that win, yeah. that win finally for him, because he should have won before. Yeah. Um, but he just consolidated his strident, and he did it again today by saying, hey, Come on, seven-time world champion. We can beat these Ferraris, you know, basically telling the team. He's so strident in his uh, confidence. I think we've got a, a real zinger of a driver on his way up. And Hamilton will obviously, in the next couple of years, um, you know, just like Vettel, finally leave. But Russell is absolutely a worthy partner and, um, you know, follow-on from Hamilton at Mercedes. Okay, so... Yeah, and he's... less. So to, to jump onto that, the jaw-dropping thing was not a single win or pole for Hamilton. Yeah, yep, yep, good point. Mm-hmm. 
Go ahead, a milestone. Well, I was thinking of the British Grand Prix for two reasons. One, that horrific accident in which Joe went on his yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. And over the barrier, uh, fortunately, he was uh, unhurt. And it led to a revision of the rollover hoop rules mm -hmm. for next year to make it stronger, which is good. And also, I think that was sort of a coming of age race. For Carlos Sainz, remember the Ferraris up to its usual trying to talk to him while he's in the middle of a battle and asking him to move aside for Leclerc. He said, no, don't make me do that. Quit inventing situations yep, early yeah. in the season. Let me do it. So he stood up to his team, essentially said, mm -hmm. no, we don't want to do that now. So, you know, I can win this race. Give me a shot at it. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was uh, significant for him and for Ferraris. They try to get their problems sorted out. I mean, there are so many lessons for Ferrari to learn from this year. And I hope they don't do a wholesale house cleaning of everybody on the pit wall and in the factory and so forth. Um, years ago, when Luca de Matazamolo was running the team, he said, I want to make Ferrari quintessentially Italian and proved immediately that that doesn't work. Because Ferrari's best years came yeah. when they took the best people from whatever nationality, and uh, you know, and and the results speak for themselves. I think they're kind of falling into that trap again. If they're going to replace anybody, they need to look around and find the best person for that job, regardless of where that person comes from. I agree. And so, uh, so that's why you have and hopefully people. Hopefully, they'll be even better. That's why you have people ambassadors. They don't necessarily make a big deal, but to make a good impression. Yeah, and, and as Bob says, you know, yeah, they work with quintessentially Italian, which is loads of fun, lots of passion, great food, great wine, sure. but completely disorganized and chaotic. <laughs> you need a little right. uh, German buffin and a, yeah, British, a British engineer. engineer and, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. By the there, way, please. another footnote, since he mentioned the, Guang, uh, the, the, the Zao crash, uh, guess who was the man mm -hmm. that got himself out of his car to make sure that Joe was okay? Oh, yeah. George and, Russell. And, and therefore got penalized and, and left out of the That's British right. Grand Prix because he that. got out of the car. That's another thing that right. I really like about George Russell is right. that he was more worried about his fellow competitor than he was about the rules. Yeah, you were talking about and Russell. And he's got a personality. His personality rivals that of Daniel Ricciardo, who's regarded yeah. as the, yeah. Yeah. You know, the bon vivant of the pit lane. And I think George can assume that mantle. Yeah. Do you remember? I think he will if he just loosens up a little bit more. Oh, from, he will. You know, humor and things like that. I think he will. Yeah. Oh, Chris has uh, a couple of interviews that he did. And I do. He, yeah. Hello, everybody. Yeah, go ahead. Hello, Chris. Uh, well, you were just talking about Ferrari, weren't you? <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm being very, very British when I rejoin. <laughs> uh, you were speaking about Ferrari. So I thought, I, this, this pretends like I thought, but I was already doing it. I spoke to Mattia Bonotto. I just got his thoughts on the season. Ciao, Mattia. Um, Notto here with me, and I, I want to start with credit where it's due. That looked like the perfectly executed race for Charles Leclerc, and, and quite often media are quick to jump on when Ferrari don't get things right, but you got it perfect today, didn't you? Today it was, a, yes, a good race. It was a solid race weekend from us, from the driver's point of view. Strategies, mechanics, pit stop, engineering, and setup, and tires management, where normally we have been a bit weaker. So it was great to see the cars performing okay and well on track, drivers managing the situation and I think we on the strategy yeah we dummy the pit stop to Checo he stopped and that was the right choice for us finishing P2 for the drivers championship and P2 for the constructors so very happy for the team I think it's great for the moral or through the winter time but we know as well that from now to next year there are a lot of challenges ahead of us and we stay focused on them well, how do you reflect on this year? Because at the start of it, it looks so promising for title fights, but at the same time, you've come such a long way from 12 months ago. Yeah, as far as I think, no one was expecting Ferrari to be so strong at the start of the season, showing that the team has worked very well during difficult moments like 2020 and 2021. And then during the season, certainly we had some up and downs, still trying to be competitive all through the season. We've been competitive at the 22nd. So... I think we achieved what was our objective for the season, but from being competitive to win, there is another step which is required, which is the most difficult one. A lot of challenges and difficulties ahead of us, but the uh, team will work very hard all through the winter time, try to somehow try to face those challenges next year. 
well, just finally then, what will the work be that you do through the winter? What are the weaknesses that you want to really address? Well, I think as far as our car is not the fastest on track, and uh, we've seen that today, especially in the race space. So we need to improve the speed of the car. We need to improve then all what we somehow made, and we will do a review made as a mistake. Maybe which is the strategies, maybe the P-stops, engineering, tires management. So it's unreliability, so without uh, missing anyone. So it's a lot of challenges ahead of us, but uh, the team is strong, is united, and we work very hard. And time for a well-earned break, though, after such a long season? Uh, not really, no time, so tonight certainly, but then tomorrow morning back at Maranello and back in the office. Well, well good luck, and thank you for your time. You. Ah, that's very, interview. very American of him, too. Not take a break and jump right back into the office. <laughs> Very un-Italian. That's what ah, I mean. Yes, right. for me, I go to Rimini for three week at uh, three week of uh, the beach. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I Chris. think it shows the pressure, doesn't it, at Ferrari? Yeah. It, it's the, the attitude yeah. that would come from uh, everyone supporting Ferrari if they saw uh, the team having failed to capitalize on the start of the season they had, finishing the year and then, and then going on holiday. Yeah, it really would. I, yeah, I think they deserve a break because it's been such a long season and they have made big strides. But at the same time, it's just it's almost like the optics. You, you can't allow yourself to. And uh, can you, it's can something you... interesting that Valtteri Bottas said to me last week in Brazil that prior to moving to Alfa Romeo, he uh, always felt that he couldn't go and enjoy himself away from F1 races because if he wasn't dominating, then people would use it as criticism against him and he hadn't earned the right to take time off. So... Uh, I, I get the sort of similar sense there from Bonotto. Yeah, and can you put to rest? I mean, obviously, we've all read the read the articles, including your own, on racer.com. Um, that uh, you know, there you go. That um, that you know, Vassa was in the picture, and that Bonotto's head was going to roll, and all this sort of stuff. Um, Where's that now? Is are they actively looking for a new boss? Uh, not that I've heard any further from what was reported. Uh, the Italian media were fairly strong on it at the time. Uh, speaking of Fred Vassardo, he's just walked past, actually. So I'll see if I can grab a word with him a bit later. But um, the Ferrari did come out and completely deny it. They said it was yeah, uh, complete fabrication. or Yes, they were pretty strong on it. So, um, And Alfa Romeo had no pre-warning of it coming, were unaware, unexpected, so didn't know when I asked them. So uh, it's an interesting one because this weekend, Bonotto was asked about it a bit and kind of gave the same answer of like, no, uh, that's untrue. I'm just focused on doing my job. But obviously, in a sense, he probably hasn't been told if someone is going to replace him. They wouldn't go, you know what? Uh, in a few weeks, we're going to sack you. <laughs> you sack <laughs> you. So um, it, that's almost all he could give as an answer. And that was actually uh, one caveat earlier when I was running around and trying to see who we could grab. And I tried to line up. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, I've got to interrupt because uh, right now, Nick DeVries is being sent down the paddock on a tyre trolley. Uh, he's got cable ties around his legs and his arms so he can't get off. And the Mercedes team are taking him down to Alpha Tauri right now. <laughs> <laughs> as one of their future drivers. This as is in brilliant. tradition. I'm going oh, to try and keep up with this convoy just to see uh, what, the reception. what happens at the end of it. Well, partly because he's going to need unclipping at some stage. I they, think you should comment, commentate it. Give us tight. some race commentary. Yeah, well, play by play. Well, right now we've got, uh, I mean, they're seven wide uh, and they've, <laughs> made a, they've, they've turned left. It's, a, it's tight going in there, but he's, it looks like the Briggs is just about managed to exit. And, uh, he's, yeah, he's across the line. He is now an Alfa Tauri driver. <laughs> 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 nice work. <laughs> uh, it's incredible. He's, he's been rolled. <laughs> Mercedes say special delivery for Alpha Tauri. Uh, and the whole team has come piling in uh, to drop him off. So that is absolutely incredible. Uh, and That's I can fun. tell everyone who would love to know this Netflix are right on top of it as well. Ah, brilliant. <laughs> oh, excellent. That's ah. great. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, well, that's the perfect segue because at, coming up after this, we're going to hear Chris's interview with Pato Award. Ah, good. So stick with us through the break. You're listening to Speed City. Back after these messages. Ha! Nice job, Chris. Excellent, man. Good comedy. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, when I was at Toyota, they when Lando won the championship, they did exactly the same. They duct duct taped him and <laughs> and tied up. They, they take the ties that they put the, on the wings. Yeah, and they completely wrapped him up so he couldn't move. Put him on a trolley and, and just wheeled him, him around. <laughs> he couldn't move. It, it was very very funny because he was. You could see he was kind of uncomfortable that 
he was getting paraded through the paddock for starters. <laughs> but but that yeah, he was that he was unable to do anything about it. So if uh, if anyone, you know, racing drivers have huge confidence in themselves, don't they? Oh, but yeah, but they don't like to be passengers. <laughs> no, so if someone had suddenly stopped sharp, sharply, he was going over. So uh, yeah, it, there was a lot of fear in his eyes on that one. But I don't think any other TV camera really picked that up. Only Netflix. So uh, oh, that's the only funny. Ones who kind of can mention it, which is good. That's very cool. <laughs> I, I am right to see if I can maybe get in Ricardo's way when he heads back to McLaren because I've been told to just be around just in case. So, uh, is, is there, yeah, are there any untied ends? If you go back to your desk now, do you go, oh, what happened with that story? I mean, it, there's not, we pretty much know where we are, don't we? Yeah, to be honest. Um, you know, the driver lineup's all done. We know who's going. I guess, yeah, Ricardo, we know he's going to Red Bull, but that'll be announced, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, Latifi's future, but we asked yeah, him on the grid. Gotta be... give us an answer. Um, I think IndyCar's most likely, but yeah, that's not really done. Not a lot of room there either, uh, though. No, true, true. And I do, from just whispers I heard, not really anything I put on record, but I heard that he was asked for a lot of money. Uh, and okay. I think so much that he was a bit kind of put out by that. And he's like, come on, like, I, can, I can actually drive a racing car. I'm not just buying any seat. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that actually put him off. He was kind of like, well, if you want to test me and then make a decision, sure. But if you just ask yeah. me for a wedge, maybe not. Andy P is on uh, YouTube and listening now and said, uh, he said, this is the content that real insiders give. Love it. And he, I think he, I think he was I think he was yeah. talking about the <laughs> your, your play by play debris, but yeah. Uh, Ricardo, well, that, and that and me saying I can't really say on air what the teeth about the teethy stuff, and now I've just said it. <laughs> sort of. Oops. <laughs> we won't tell anybody. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. You're listening to Speed City F1 on Sirius XM. Thank you, Mario. We're rooting for you and Michael. We'll see yes. what happens. Andretti but, Global. Let's do it. But right before the break, I said we would uh, play an interview. But before we do that, the Speed City F1 post-race show on Sirius XM is brought to you by CrowdStrike. Stop today's most sophisticated cyber attacks at the office, the racetrack, and everywhere in between. Learn more at CrowdStrike.com slash XM. All right. Hey, Chris, you want to set up this Pato interview you just did? Uh, I will in a split second because I'm going to chance my arm with something that I don't know how it will go. Uh, I'm going to try and help make a bit of space in a very, very <laughs> busy, uh, busy paddock. And um, I'm not sure. I'm going to... I'm going to try and do a walk and talk with Daniel Ricardo if he's... Daniel, I know you want to get back quickly. Uh, Daniel, you find a way to McLaren. How do you reflect on these last two years? Uh, I heard the last race with McLaren. What was the other bit? How do you reflect on the last two years? As, as, a, as a whole, let's not just boil it down to today. Uh, oops. Oh, Netflix are attacking us with a boom cam. Uh, boom character, build, character building, for sure. Uh, you know, I think that's one thing I'll definitely associate it with. I think... Uh, yeah, I, I've, I'm really good at dealing with lows. Um, and I say that in a bit of a joking way, but also in, in truth, I think it's, um, you know, allowed me to really kind of search a little deeper within myself and just uh, kind of test myself as a character and figure out also things that I truly value as well uh, in life. And yeah, I don't know. So a lot, a lot of that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know some of that. I mean, you've lost none of your popularity. The, the crowd are chanting your name here and half the paddock are out to say, uh, well, I say goodbye. It's not goodbye, is it? We're going to see you next year. I'll be flown around. But I, <laughs> I can guarantee you it won't be 24 races. Um, you know, I will remove myself to some degree. But, uh, but yeah, I'm very close to, to signing something to be uh, back to some level next year. Well, how much are you looking forward to that time off, though? I am like I, I I truly need it. You know, I obviously I love the sport. It's it's really my my one true love. But uh, it's intense, you know. And as much as I love it, um, I'm aware that I feel like to find the best version of myself, I do need to remove myself from it for a little bit. And uh, I look forward to that. And you know, also kind of just having a few things on my own schedule and ticking a few boxes. Um, I think that'll uh, kind of be good for my headspace as well. Well, enjoy it, but don't stay away too long. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Uh, there nice. you go. So sorry, Great sorry interview. to Pato Award for making him wait, but um, there was Daniel Ricciardo that I thought um, we eventually managed to hear from, didn't we? He blanked me twice on the grid, but we but, got there. But Chris, I mean, doesn't that just sum up Ricciardo? How 
you know, he's talking about his own growth. He's such a much, you know, he, he gives you, he's always been a straight talker. Um, but, but he really did just give you the most honest interview. I think I've heard in all weekend uh, about his future and, and how he is mentally at the moment. It's been a, a trial, but he's learned a lot. And I, I just, you know, again, I take my hat off. I've got a lot of respect for that man. Yeah. And as you say, I mean, anyone who was listening to the show in Mexico, I mean, that was such an honest interview he did with us then too. Yeah. Uh, about the need to take the time off and why. Uh, he probably went in a bit more depth than we just had time to do there, but slightly similar lines. But um, he's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because at that point, you know, it's, it's an idea. It's what you think you want or need. But he hadn't actually finished his final race then. Now he has. Now that's the reality of his future. Um, and the, the future he talks about is a, a Red Bull deal that looks like you'll have him uh, as one of their reserve drivers, but doing a lot of marketing and uh, PR and just kind of some of the fun stuff they want him to do, uh, but also giving him some more freedom. And the way he does say that does help you understand, doesn't it? That mm. you imagine that a Formula One driver just wants to race Formula One cars nonstop, but it's a dream job and they should never give it up. But no, no. as with anyone doing anything, like at some point, maybe you just need a little break to make sure you still love it. I think it's grueling. I don't think it's as, as enjoyable. And you know this, Chris, the travel and all the rest of it. It's, mm -hmm. It seems like the ultimate dream job and everybody at every cocktail party will tell you you have that great dream job, but it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. It is. I've got to grab someone here. Nick DeVries has got free. Nick, <laughs> how was that, getting trolleyed down? Oh, you're soaking. What have they pulled over you? Uh, yeah, a couple of traditions. They threw me in the water, and then they put me on the tire trolley to uh, yeah, bring me to my next team. Well, and your next team that you're going to get to drive for, I believe, on Tuesday. Uh, how excited are you to sort of get started with the next stage of your career? Uh, I honestly cannot wait to um, yeah, get... Sorry. I was honestly <laughs> hoping to finish the season quickly because I just want to start a new chapter and uh, looking forward to uh, everything that's about to come. Well, I mean, you can see the interest as well. He's signing lots of autographs right now. But uh, what? when do you really get down to work? I mean, they did just drop you off, but yeah, I guess you're back to Mercedes one night at least. At least finding myself a dry T-shirt and some dry <laughs> pants. But uh, I will say goodbye to them um, tonight. And then, um, yeah, tomorrow we'll be uh, in the new garage. Well, we look forward to see how you do. Nick, thank you very much. Bye, mate. There we go. He is. <laughs> I tell you. I, I, I tarn feathered. Him, and it was... Yeah, I, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, that's fantastic. That's really fun. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, great stuff. Uh, Chris, you want to you want to um, you want to go straight into Pato? Uh, yeah, we certainly can actually, because I can't see anyone else that I'm going to uh, push Pato back for any longer. Sorry, Pato, in advance. Uh, but uh, yeah. as we were talking about, I think pre-race, weren't we? That Pato Ward was here and and he got an FP1 run for McLaren on Friday. Seems quite a long time ago now that the race itself is over, but uh, his first official Formula One weekend. So uh, here's what Pato had to say uh, about that experience. So I've got Pato Award with me in the paddock. Stetson on and everything that says, yee-haw, thanks DR. I've probably done, absolutely butchered the accent with that. But Pato, let's let's start with Friday. You got to do your first FP1. Just how was that? Oh, it was unbelievable, man. It's um, It's just cool. It's cool because it's... It's your first time officially kind of participating in a, in a Formula One weekend. Um, it was a newish car for me, um, but it was just very enjoyable. Uh, sadly, our running time got cut up a little bit just because of the issues we had initially, but I was able to try out the medium tire. I was able to try the soft tire. Um, and I, I ended fairly happy. We're, we were in a heater there in the end, um, but Sadly, our move in turn nine kind of uh, kind of killed killed the vibe a little bit of, of how it was gonna gonna be uh, completed. But nah, I mean in 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 all aspects, just very grateful and 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 excited to hopefully have another opportunity in the future. When do you think you might get that opportunity? Do you think more FP1s, more testing? Uh, I'd love both. Um, obviously, the more the better, but I don't know, man. It's it's hard to plan because of my IndyCar conflicts and, and schedulings, but um, I've got a task at hand in IndyCar. I want to win the championship for these guys. Um, I want to win more races and um, just keep adding on to the, to the resume, you know, and, and, and hopefully doors open here in Formula 1 and and um and maybe i'll be around here in, in the next couple of years that'd be that'd be fantastic but for now i'm uh, fully focused at the task at hand over there in america and and just trying to help these guys uh, uh, over here in in the uk as much as i can um and yeah 
Well, Zach said that you've shown that you can certainly race in Formula 1 with your pace. Same with Alex, same with Colton. He's been really impressed with all three of you testing the current car. But what's the boss had you doing when you've been here, once you're out of the car? Have you been doing marketing? Have you been part of the team? What have you been doing? Uh, I've been smiling a lot. I've been talking a lot. And I've been uh, driving McLaren 720S around in hot laps and uh, driving around some, some guests and friends. Um, which is always super enjoyable. I, I love doing those those hot laps. Um, you can really appreciate, I think, the differences of what a race car is in in, in a in a supercar. But it'd be amazing to see what supercars are capable of doing. They're still rockets. I mean, to me, it's some of those cars are mind blowing. How anybody can just go in <laughs> and buy one because it's it's a missile. I mean, I think, was it here? You gave me a hot lap not that long ago. Uh, what did you think about it? A bit slow, but... Uh, hey! I'm joking. He had it sideways. But just finally then, what's your off-season looking like? What, what will you be doing with the F1 team and also with the IndyCar team ahead of next season? In December, um, I've asked to not get any, any calls, texts or anything. Um, I want a proper off-season. Uh, just last year I didn't really have that in, in when I started the season I was already maxed out and, and that was definitely not the way to, to start the season so um, I'll probably have six weeks off um, recharge uh, enjoy maybe a little bit of a, of a Mexican beach and uh, and then just go home to Monterey uh, see family, grandparents, cousins uh, enjoy Christmas and New Year's there and then and then, man, it's going to start before we know it. It really is. And we look forward to seeing you in an F1 car again soon. But, Pato, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you, man. We talked to Pato. Yeah. Chris had to go. Uh, he says he'll be right back. But giving him a hard time about not being fast. That's great. <laughs> Pato's great. He's an unusual guy, isn't he? He's we very rare. He's, to be honest, he rem it's funny. He reminds me a bit of Ricardo in, in terms of his... Um, both affability and just honesty. Um, you know, he, he actually admitted something which I thought was interesting um, when we saw him in Miami, John. Um, yeah, we, yeah. we door stopped him and I, I kind of got to know him over the last last year or so. And I, I said, you know, hey, you did a, an FP1 session because um, he did one earlier in the season. Sorry, he did the Abu Dhabi thing and I asked him about that. Last year he did the test, remember? It was a bet. Yeah. Uh, and he, he, he actually said to us, it's pretty easy driving a Formula One car, he said, with all the stuff and all the people you've got. You know, and I was like, it was interesting because I think there's some truth to that, that the, you know, that the monsters that are GP2 or F2 and, and IndyCar are a lot tougher uh, on you physically uh, and, and, and able to, to control than the smoothness and the sort of uh, design factors and downforce of a Formula One car. Yep, absolutely. Bob? Uh, what do you think? We got one minute left in the show, boys and girls. Bob, any any last comments? Uh, it's been a great season. Thanks to all of you guys. Looking forward to the off season. Unlike Pato, I'm <laughs> I'm not going to go bury my head on a beach. I'm going to try to stay on top of everything as we look forward to next season, which begins very soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, of course, we will be doing our local radio show here in Austin and continuing on YouTube and Facebook every Sunday night, 7 o'clock Austin time. we got Ben Keating next week, by the way. Yeah, and a shout-out to the Toyota Racing Series. We have some skin in the game. We have Americans going down there. There are women as yeah. well as men. And so tune in. <clears throat> Toyota Racing Series. We'll be keeping you up to date with that. Certainly I will. Uh, Ryan Sheehan and the man from Austin. So, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. I guess we're not going to get Chris before we go off the air. Thanks, Bob. Fantastic thank season. You, Bob. F1 season. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to everybody soon. Absolutely. Invite me on Sunday night sometime. You guys. Yes. Yes. Yeah, always. All you want, buddy. See you soon. All Happy right. trails. Take care, everybody. Cheers. Bye. Uh, bye, Chris. Hey, bye, Chris. <laughs> Just in time, Chris. See you later. <laughs>